Hello and welcome to the Korean Beauty Show podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Lee, the founder of Style Story, where you can shop, learn and explore the world of Korean skincare and the founder of Korean beauty brand Jellico. So a big welcome back to the show, and I feel like I'm apologizing quite often these days, but last week we didn't have a show, and today on this episode, I'm going to run through why that was. If you are a regular listener, you may have heard me mention a couple of times that Jellico was attending the Beauty World Expo, and that was the reason that I missed the show last week. Uh, And I hadn't meant to but what happened was that show that expo ended up just being a lot crazier than I thought and by the time we finished the three days and the setup on the Sunday I literally just collapsed in a heap uh, and I kind of just needed to take a couple of days to recover it was very physical as well so I thought why don't I just run through some of what happened at the expo so beauty expos are something that I have attended you know many many times over my years working in the beauty industry and I do sometimes get people dropping into my DMs uh, and emailing asking what beauty expo they should attend for, you know, their company or brand or whatnot. And that is just such a really hard question to answer for so many reasons. I think people want me to sort of like go through the pros and cons for them. Uh, But at the end of the day, it really depends what you're selling or what you're buying and also where you're doing all of that. There are beauty expos in pretty much every country in the world. I mean, that probably is overstating it, but I myself have now attended expos in Australia, in Korea, in the Middle East. Uh, I know that there are huge beauty expos in Bologna, in Hong Kong. There are lots in the States as well. Uh, And so it really depends literally on what side you are on. Are you on the side that is looking for goods to sell or are you on the side where you're selling something? Are you a salon? Are you an aesthetician? Are you looking for products that you can put maybe in your back bar? Are you looking for new machinery? Like the options are simply endless. So that's a question I tend to just sort of shy away from answering because I can't really do that for you without sitting down and, you know, chatting to you and having having a really sort of solid understanding of your business which is something that I do offer my services as a consultant, but it's not something I can really do just via DM, you know. Yeah, so that is something that people do ask me from time to time. I've also done in the past episodes of the show where we do a roundup of like what's trending and what I have seen at the different beauty expos. And I was kind of hoping I would be able to do that with you for this expo as well. But Honestly, it was so much bigger, so much crazier and than any expo that I've ever attended before that I actually didn't even get to do a full walk around of the whole expo. And I have never been to a show where I haven't been able to do that, even if like I was behind a stand. But this one was just on a different level. Like I cannot even explain the scale of it. It just made even the K-Beauty Expo, which is normally the biggest in Korea, it made that look small (laughs) by comparison. So I thought what I might do is just sort of talk through what actually goes into being an exhibitor or turning up at one of these things because it literally is so much work and we started working on it 
all the way back at the beginning of 2023. So for a little bit of context, Jellico is our brand. It started out as Style Stories in-house brand, uh, but it's basically the culmination of all of my years of experience working in the Korean beauty industry, plus all of the data that we have collated from our customers, clients, testers, everything over the years. We kind of put all of that knowledge together and use that to develop our brand. Uh, And so it really is a collection of the products that people have told us over the years that they enjoy using the most, the textures, the experiences that they want to have. Uh, And, you know, we've gone away and actually formulated those with our, you know, team of chemists and come up with a collection that really does represent Um, all of the things that people have told us over the years that they're looking for in their products. So that is basically our brand and how we came up with our formulas. Uh, Everything that we've put into our products is extremely uh, specific. And that's because having worked with so many different brands, so many different ingredients, products and whatnot over the years, I've got a very clear understanding of what I want to see in a product, what actually will make a difference to the skin and then you know, stuff that just is fluffy, nice to have or doesn't really matter. So everything is very purposeful and intentional in terms of what we've actually put into the formulas. And that is you know, different from a lot of other brands, which are just using private label or something like that, like just an off the shelf or already done solution. That is not what our brand was about. And that's why it's it's taken so long to come up with all of our formulas because we're constantly testing different variations. We are testing for very specific skin concerns and skin types as well. When we're formulating, we really have that in mind. Obviously, the conditions, the weather in the markets that we are targeting, specifically being Australia, the US, are quite different to other markets. So we really were taking that into account when we were formulating as well. And so this beauty expo was our first chance, our first opportunity really to take this to a very global market. Beauty World uh, Expo is one of the biggest in the world. And one of the reasons for that is the location. So it's held in Dubai, which is really like the center point in many ways of Asia, of Europe, uh, obviously of the Middle East, just based on the location. So it's quite different to a lot of the other expos that are out there. So for example, I've been to beauty expos in Australia and really the only people that you will see there are Australians. So people who are you know, making their products in Australia, people who are selling products in Australia are the kind of people that will come and check out what's going on. And you know, the Korean beauty expos, Although we do attract buyers, certainly from all over the world, the exhibitors are mostly Korean companies. So you might find, for example, Korean companies that are making ingredients, packaging, uh, obviously brands as well. Uh, But the buyers, certainly I've noticed uh, a change in the buyers, the people that are coming to Korean beauty expos over the years. There used to be a lot more uh, white foreigners, I think, that, her, that that came. And also the countries that they came from used to be a little bit different. But I've noticed over the years that the demographic of buyers that have uh, are coming to the expo has really changed. 
And of course, there are a lot of people that come to the expos who are Korean or are who, who are foreigners living in Korea, for example. Uh, and Beauty World Expo was just on a different level. I've never seen anything like it. They literally had pavilions for pretty much most of the big countries in the world. We were in the Korea pavilion because we are made in Korea. Uh, and obviously, we have a company registered in Korea as well. Uh, we have also got an Australian company that was a little bit confusing for some people they were like why are you here in the Korea section that's actually why because we have two companies we have one in Korea and one in Australia uh, and then there was an Australian pavilion there was a Spain pavilion like so many countries France um, there was even one for Uh, literally too many to name there was one for Jordan as well like so many different country specific pavilions then there was also a raw ingredients one there was one for perfumes there were one for like the components in perfumes it was absolutely ginormous they were expecting I think 52,000 people to come through the expo and I'm I don't know about you guys but I'm one of those kind of people that I find it really hard to gauge how many people there are in a room at any given time like if you ask me to look around a classroom and say how many people are in here I'd be like uh, I'm not quite sure like you know maybe a hundred don't know but 50,000 people to me that sounded like a lot but when I saw how many people were actually walking through the expo at any given time I was like this is really a lot more than a lot of other expos that I've seen like it just it felt like a lot of people we barely had time to sit down the entire time we were there so it went for three days it was Monday Tuesday Wednesday was the days that it was open to the public and the weekend before so on the Saturday and the Sunday was when they allowed the exhibitors to come in and set up their booths so we went in on the Sunday and like the whole process even of setting up the booth is just, uh, it's a lot of work that goes into it. And we had what is considered to be a relatively simple booth. Some people go in and literally make their booth up. And so they've basically got like carpenters in there you know, making out of wood, fashioning out of wood, and then they're putting TVs and lighting and like all these bells and whistles. Whereas we had what is considered to be a relatively simple stand that just has like a shell of the booth. And then you can, you know, put some graphics or designs up on it. And you might have like a little desk or a cabinet or something showcasing your product. So that's what we did. And Given that it was supposed to be quite simple, it really did take a long time to put it together. So we ended up doing all of the designs for our booth ourselves, and then we just contracted out to a company to actually come and print them onto the booth itself so that we didn't like damage it or anything like that. Like they were experts that knew what they were doing. So that was a whole thing. Then we had to get all the furniture delivered, um, which was relatively hassle-free. The one thing that we actually really needed was the last thing that got delivered on the Sunday night which was the cabinet the display cabinet for our stuff so you know there was a lot of sort of you know trying to get finished and trying to um, 
set everything up but then we were waiting for bits and bobs and you know you realize you've forgotten things like sticky tape or scissors or something like that so then we made sure we brought them the next day but we had basically finished our setup on the Sunday ready for the Monday morning Uh, but we we still ended up having like another two hours I feel like we were scrambling around on Monday morning to get it all set up then opened to the public at 10 a.m and the public and people that were coming through were actually really interesting as well like there was everyone from hairdressers makeup artists salon owners distributors trading companies logistics companies people that had warehousing we met people from literally all over the world like I just couldn't believe like we we had people from Tunisia Azerbaijan India obviously from the Middle East we met people from South Africa the States like it was just Everyone seemed to be there. There was a lot of Europeans there as well. Lots of uh, lots of other Asians. Um, so it really was very very international in terms of who was coming through. Uh, there were plenty of influences and things like that. One thing that we did notice while we were there, so particularly in Korea, and maybe I've just been in Korea too long, but whenever there's an expo, there's always a lot of people that have cameras out or phones out and they're filming everything. They're making content, they're walking around, you know, shooting or asking if they can, you know, shoot somebody's stand and take, you know, for the products and things like that. And we were really shocked that there was not this anywhere near the same amount of people doing that at this one so I don't know whether that's just because you know it was more of a trade thing and less of a you know an influencer content creator kind of thing I'm not sure but we were really shocked by how few people there were going around and doing that uh and look it might be skewed Korea like in Korea we just we really do we love uh, taking photos of everything, taking videos of everything, whether that's food or cafes or events and stuff like that. It's a bit of a national pastime, like that people just love, you know, capturing moments of their life. So that was uh, a bit of a point of cultural difference for us. We're like, where are all the people with cameras? <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was the most intense beauty expo I have ever been to just in terms of you know how many people there were it felt like we were on our feet for like the entire day so it was open to the public from 10 till 6 uh, and on the first day there was a booth of um, of guys from Korea who were next to us and we noticed that they locked their booth and kind of like closed their booth quite early a couple of hours before the show ended and we were like oh my gosh you know maybe the day didn't go that well for them like I wonder what that's about anyway once the event finished at six o'clock then we realized why these guys had left early it was absolute chaos like pandemonium outside the traffic was literally backed up for miles around the place you could not get a cab for love or money uh the subway station was literally overflowing with people you could barely get in to get a ticket like we ended up walking for kilometers away from the event before we could even get a taxi I reckon we probably waited for like an hour and a half so you know we spent the last couple of hours going oh my gosh those guys like I wonder what happened and then the next couple of hours after that going oh gosh those guys had the right idea like why didn't we do that so we said to ourselves we're like all right the next day we're gonna finish up early so that we don't get stuck in the traffic again and we could not get away we just had person after person you know it's a good thing I guess we were there to to meet people and talk about the brand 
land and all of that sort of thing. Like that's the whole reason we were there, but we could not get away. So we found ourselves on the Tuesday and the Wednesday in the same like crowd crush of people at like, around six every day. We just could not seem to wrap it up. Uh, so look, that was the, I guess, unfortunate thing about the expo was that it didn't seem to be very well managed from that point of view. Um, you know, like normally there's no, there's not a lot of public transport options around um, there in general. So that was a little bit of a minus. Whereas, you know, in Korea at all of the expo sites, you've got buses going everywhere. You've got, you know, a metro just around the corner, uh, a subway kind of thing. So a lot easier to sort of get around. And if you're staying at one of the hotels near the expo site, they will always have buses and shuttles and stuff to come and pick you up. So I thought that was managed a little less well than other aspects of it. But, you know, realistically, with that many people in one area, I don't know if there is a good way to do it. Uh, But that was something that we were just like, by the end, we'd sort of made peace with the fact that we were going to be waiting around for hours afterwards. Um, Food and whatnot, they had lots of good options around there, which is good. We had been told that you weren't allowed to bring in outside food, which didn't seem to be being enforced. But I have heard from other people that it is enforced for other expos. So look, I don't know. We, We seem to be able to just do what we want. The bigger trouble we had was actually getting away from the booth and like finding time to actually eat. We ended up eating lunch like really late every day just because we just had so many people that we were um, talking to. I think if you are, you know, a person or a professional in the beauty industry uh, and you want to get like a vibe check, see what's going on, what's trending and just actually talk to other people in your industry, these kind of events and trade shows are a really good way to do it. Because it's one thing, I guess, being in your own environment and speaking with other people in your team and whatnot and seeing what's going on on social media. But social media these days, um, you know, there's so many positive things about it, but it can be hard to get a vibe check because so much of what you see is sponsored content. uh, And, you know, that can kind of skew your perspective a little bit. So as a brand, we found it really, really useful to just actually talk to the retailers, talk to the buyers and find out, you know, what are people actually buying? What are people actually interested in? Uh, And a classic example. So if you're not familiar with our brand, we only have five SKUs at the moment uh, and we have two accessories and we've got more products coming out in uh, 2024. But at the moment, we've got the five products. We've got a lip mask, sleeping mask, a moisturizer, a toner and a sugar scrub. And a lot of people, particularly in the like influencer community, they're like, oh, you know, don't use, don't use scrubs. They're not good for you. You know, uh, thinking of like the really old style scrubs that are, you know, maybe contain microbeads, which are terrible for the environment or, you know, which can be really, really chunky and abrasive. But then when we were talking to actual people on the ground, that was one of the main products that people were interested in. Like people really, really do enjoy using those kind of products, particularly men. And I mean, of course, we already knew this. That's why we developed it in the first place um, because of feedback from actual customers and people that purchase these kind of things. But it was really, I guess, eye-opening to just have those actual conversations with 
the buyers and with people that are working in the industry as opposed to just, you know, people online. I feel like sometimes online can become a little bit of an echo chamber, particularly if there's like one really famous influencer maybe that has strong opinions about something. You know, like in the past there have been influencers that have been really anti-fragrance or whatnot. And then you just hear that echoed around uh, and it, it just gets repeated without a lot of the people repeating it sort of knowing why they're repeating it they're just like saying what they've they've heard from somewhere else Uh, and you know this is not just in the beauty industry as well this is in a lot of different industries Uh, you know if, if someone comes out with a really radical opinion or a really negative take on something that tends to travel a lot further and people just you know repeat it and it becomes kind of a non fact so that was I think really really interesting it was good to have those kind of discussions with people Obviously, the climate that a lot of the buyers were uh, buying for is very specific as well. So they were wanting to know, like, is this particular product going to be a good fit for, say, India or, you know, another region in the world? And that's another really important thing as a brand as well that you have to take into account. Uh, And not a lot of smaller Korean beauty companies tend to do this. They tend to formulate for the conditions in Korea, which are very specific. We have four seasons. We have really big changes in temperature, everything from, you know, minus 20 degrees Celsius in the winter all the way through to, you know, 35 degrees with high humidity in summer. And that is just not the kind of conditions that other places in the world experience. So being able to identify that with your products and which products are going to be a good fit for which climate and which type of skin. That's also a really important thing as well. Uh, So I think overall it was a very intense period. There was so much prep that went into the lead up. Like we literally had our entire team involved because we had to book flights. We had team members that flew all the way over from Australia, uh, which was like a 15 hour flight. So that was pretty intense Uh, from Korea. I think it was under 10 hours, which is a little bit more manageable. But a lot of prep went into it um, and we did really get everyone sort of involved in, you know, we had, we, we made everything from the backdrops to the displays to the marketing material as well. So for a three day event, it was probably six months of work. So, you know, looking around at some of the other people's booths that were exhibiting as well, I I just wondered like, oh my gosh, I bet some people have like a whole team just set aside for something like this. Whereas for us, you know, being such a small company in comparison, you know, it was pretty much an entire team effort to get one booth off the ground for three days. So it is definitely a massive time commitment. It is also a money commitment as well. I think if you are, you know, thinking about exhibiting definitely keep that in mind by the time you have you know paid for the flights the accommodation the cost of the booth itself varies at every expo but it's not a cheap exercise Uh, so everything that goes into it you know I think it is a lot of work but 
I have been attending expos for years now and to actually, you know, be able to be there and present a brand was pretty exciting. Uh, Unfortunately, I don't have a whole lot of, you know, trend updates for you guys, because like I said, I just did not get a chance to actually walk the booths. Obviously, I got a chance to see what the other um, exhibitors in the Korea Pavilion were doing. Uh, And, you know, it's the same kind of things that we are already talking about. Uh, Vegan seemed to be a really big thing clean beauty uh, a lot of the brands that you will already be familiar with were also there skin chonsa skin 1004 as they're called in english mixun was there as well han skin uh, and they have a sister brand called plodika which i've actually never heard of but they they had two really huge booths uh, we had uh, a booth on the other side of us that was doing thread lifts made in korea and also different sizes of cannulas so like the needle heads for when you're doing injections and things like that. There are a lot of uh, manufacturers there that do private labeling, OEM, ODM, uh, ingredient uh, as well, packaging. So we did see all of them from Korea. I didn't get a chance. There was a lot of perfume booths, I will say that. And I think that was just because of where the uh, event was being held and perfume is a very big market. Uh, So that was kind of like the overall feel of the event. Uh, But if you are going to be attending an event like that, I can uh, advise you to wear comfy shoes, definitely, because there is a lot of walking involved. And if you end up getting out of the, you know, event at the same time as everyone else, you may have a lot of waiting around or walking to like get out of the area so definitely wear comfy shoes I saw some people in heels and I was like oh my gosh I can't even imagine uh water all of that good stuff pack some snacks in your bag I would probably say uh just because there were lines as well for everything so like lines to get coffee lines to get snacks lines to get in the toilet it was it was all of that kind of stuff um so yeah that was just a little bit of a wrap-up that was my first time at a beauty world expo they do run others throughout the year. Uh, I don't know that I will necessarily be going to some of the ones earlier next year. Um, I wouldn't mind going back next year. I, I, I had a good experience, but now that I know how much work is involved, I think I'll be going into it with eyes wide open. <laughs> so that's, I guess, one of the lessons that I learned. But I just thought I would share that in case, you know, you do have an, an expo or an event like that pop up in your area and you're, you know, keen to... I guess head along see what's available every expo will be different there are some that is just for packaging just for ingredients and materials some particularly in Korea are more geared towards day spas esthetician clinics uh, and you know in clinic uh, procedures and treatments but then there are some that do have a lot of um brands and products and things like that as well so just get that kind of information before you go so that you're not disappointed I think if you are thinking about exhibiting it probably is always a good idea to go and check it out first I didn't have that option available to me for this one but having gone to so many expos over the years I felt kind of confident enough to do it without having seen it beforehand Um, but yeah so look I hope some of this was interesting if it was I would love for you to share your rating and review on your favorite podcast app i'm gonna finish it up here this week and i will be back in your ears next week until next time i will see you on style story 